Hello swimmers and welcome to season three, episode three of Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week I chat to master swimmers from around the world about their swimming journey. This week's guest is fresh from a terrific return to competition at the US Masters Nationals where he bagged five national titles and five lifetime PBs. Welcome to the podcast today, Jeff Wells. Thank you, Mark. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Where are you based in the US? Uh, I'm in upstate New York, so I'm about four four hours northwest of New York City. So I'm um, still New York State, but not, not New York City. Yeah. What Masters Club do you swim out of? Uh, great question. So I actually am with a smaller group that we just swim at a local YMCA here. I swim for Binghamton University Masters Swimming. That lives. That's about an hour and a half away from where I'm at. So as a club team, that's where I represent. But um, for myself, there's just a small handful of us that swim at local YMCA's, six lane pools, no starting blocks, and uh, but it works. It works great for us. Yeah. Did you get a swim in today? Uh, not today. Yesterday. Yesterday. So today was a today was a lift day. Uh, yesterday was a swim day, and then. Uh, Still have to figure out what tomorrow's schedule looks like. <laughs> Tell us about your session yesterday. What did you do in the pool? Uh, so we're, I'm just coming off both our long course national, long course U.S. nationals, and then the following week I also had a short course yards meet. Um, so same taper. So why not have an extra meet the next weekend? Just a little local masters meet in in our area. So I did both of those. So this is really my first week, kind of coming off a taper. Staying, trying to stay active in the water, um, re-engaging some of the lifting sides. So what did I do on Monday? Monday was, I, I, I did a set of, this is all short course yards because in the US, most of the time we swim short course yards. So it was four 100s uh, on 145, so plenty of rest, um, then a 200 easy, then three 100s, then 150 easy, uh, two 100s, 100 easy, and then one 150 easy. Uh, the whole goal of that was holding best average on the hundreds. So right. it was a kind of a free base, free base set. So I, I took it out a touch too hard on the first couple and paid for it a little bit during the set. But um, that's that's what happens when you're trying to get a little bit of fitness back. Yeah. And what, what time are you coming in on? Are you going to give us a uh, insight? Oh, sure. So yards, if, if you're coming from a short course meters time, um, yards, you have to kind of subtract about six seconds from short course meter, or add six seconds to get the short course meters. So I was 55 on the first one, 58, 58, 60, and then it fell off a little bit to up to 65 and then back down to 58. Oh, that's a good set. Well done. So add six seconds, that gets you to about short course meters times. Yeah. And I know you're a breaststroker. Do you do a lot of form work in your um, sessions or mainly free? I do uh, mostly mostly breaststroke, mostly sprint. This was kind of a, a atypical practice for me. More just that the lane space that was available, and really just kind of getting back into doing something fun and different. Um, I tend to do quite a bit of breaststroke during during workouts. This was just something fun, just a random set that we came up with uh, yesterday. Yeah, I love those descending sets. They're great, aren't they? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I don't like going the other way where you're increasing your um, repetitions. <laughs> it's hard to make it over. <laughs> yes, once you get the, once you get the first ones over, it's uh, you know the two and the one are always much nicer than the first. Absolutely. And let's look back to your early swimming career. Were you a, an age group swimmer in the US? I was. I started swimming. Um, we have 
country club type swimming. So local outdoor pools in the summer here. Um, started in the summer when I was seven and then uh, year round when I was 10. So relatively, relatively early age, swam through college. Uh, at, I was able to go to college on a swimming scholarship, which they have here in the U.S. So that paid for a, a good portion of my college, though it wasn't a big program by any means. It was uh, University of Buffalo. So it wasn't one of the big names that everybody hears about uh, when they read Swim Swam or any other news, news articles. But it's a, uh, it, was, it was a small program and it was a great fit for me. Oh, that sounds good. And was that um, NCAA Division One or Division Two? It has different. It was it was Division One, but it was a smaller Division One program. Right. So, um, based around that, what sort of what other colleges did you swim against when you were racing? Um, so, Eastern Michigan University, Miami of Ohio, um, University of Toledo, Bowling Green State University. So it was a Mid American Conference. So it was it was it was a it's called a mid-major. So it's not any of the major conferences that are out there, but um, it's also not the, the little tiny ones either. So it was just a good balance, good balance for me, um, good location from, from home and uh, it worked out well. Yeah. And what success did you have um, at the college level? Um, so I had some pretty significant drops at the college level um, from, from high school. It took me a little time, but I was able to, I think in my hundred breast, I was able to drop about 2.2 seconds over my my time while I was there, which is a reasonable drop um, coming from high school. Still been able to drop since then, but uh, that was a, a a great great drop and great experience while I was while I was there. Yeah, fantastic. So tell us how you got into master swimming. Sure. So I I, I will be the first one to say after swimming college, I didn't know if I would ever swim again, but five six years off and. Uh, Kind of got the the bug to swim again. Actually, there was a I was I was living in Texas at the time, and there was one of the 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 pro it was tier pro swim series, I believe now, or it was a tier pro swim series, and they had a competition down in Austin. I'm like just watching. It was January 2011. The cuts for the meet didn't seem that hard. I think for breaststroke, it was a 110, 111 long course meters. I'm like, okay, maybe I could get back in the water and do that. And, you know, swim with one of these big meets and with all the Olympic level athletes, just to say I participated in that. I'm like, I'll get back in the water and try. And then I did. And then I wasn't anywhere close to that time. And it took me years and years and years of clawing back. Um, so it was one of those things that just stuck with it. And, uh, Finally, after five years of trying to reach one or four years of trying to reach one of those meets, I did qualify for that meet um, down in Austin. I swam that in 2015. Oh, so awesome. it was a nice, nice uh, chasing after a goal for four years to finally reach that. Yeah, absolutely. And did you did you find a master's club straight away to swim with or did you start off sort of going to the pool and finding some like minded people or buddies around? How did that all get going for you? It's always been, there's always been master's clubs, but they're always really tiny. So it's usually just a handful of people that swim or a text message group that, hey, I'm swimming today and three or four other people show up. Um, it's not a master's group where there's 20 or 30 or 40 people that show up in a given workout um, like there is in some of the Florida programs that they have. So it's really just a, a small group of tight-knit people, but we have some relatively quick swimmers in our area for, for 
the population because there's not a lot of people that live here compared to a major city and we have quite a few fast swimmers uh, in the area yeah and do you coach yourselves or you have a, a coach on pool deck uh for the most part ourselves yes. so we'll come up with whatever the workout of the day happens to be um if we're feeling ambitious we'll do something ambitious if we're if we're feeling like we just want to paddle around a little bit and enjoy the day then we'll we'll chit chat a little bit and talk and you know start the day off with a with a good swim and talk yeah oh that's the best way isn't it because it's fun it is it is <laughs> And typically, how many sessions would you manage to get in the water a week? Sure. So I'm I'm on the lower end from most master swimmers. I would say usually three at the most four. Um, four is kind of my limit where my body doesn't like to recover between. That's the difference on the master side versus the, the age group side is I if I'm going four hard sessions a week, even at 3,000 meters, my body doesn't recover much more if I try to push it. So um, usually kind of stay right in that, you know, 10 to 10 to 15 uh, thousand meters uh, a week. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you've got young children. So how do you fit in work, family, swimming? You said you lifted weights as well. How do you fit that all into your schedule? Carefully. <laughs> so I have a I have a very understanding wife that knows that uh, I'm a better person when I swim and just more balanced overall. So she <laughs> she uh, lets me do the the swimming side of things. Um, I'm also fortunate to be self employed, where I I have a little bit of flexibility in my in my schedule, so I can swim either during some off hours or um, don't have to start and stop at any given um, time. So that's very helpful, but yeah, it's, it's a balance, right? Um, luckily swimming doesn't take time as much as other sports. I mean, if you're a golfer going out golfing for four rounds a week at four hours and around that takes up even more time than, than swimming does for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned you lifted weights. So how many sessions a week would you do dry land? stuff so weights are very new to me in in college we didn't we didn't have a weight program we didn't do weights so all throughout college and even most of my master's career i had never done any weights any dry land uh, whatsoever and this year at the beginning of covid times january 2020 i said okay i've got 18 months till world championships. Well, it, I thought it was going to be sooner, but then worlds got delayed. So I have 18 months to world championships. What do I want to do and accomplish during that time, especially if the pools are closed and, and we're not able to swim. Um, and so I put a, a good amount of effort into lifting. I'm still, still very new at that, but I put a lot of effort into the lifting and had some tremendous time drops because of that. So lifting has been that um, low hanging fruit, if you will, for for trying to get some swimming improvements that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I'm still optimistic that I can try to keep that going. Yeah. And did you find when you did that, you were working on your leg strength or was it mainly core? What kind of takeaways from uh, lifting? Just, just raw strength. Legs, legs are certainly my weak spot. And as a breaststroker, they shouldn't be. So I, I must have the flexibility in my you know hips and knees and ankles but just the raw strength wasn't there when you watch some of the you know how much some of the elite level athletes are lifting now yes. and you're not even in the same stratosphere as them so it just kind of gives you a little bit to say okay maybe if i work on this i, I can get a little faster yeah 
Do you find that um, work talking about leg strength in breaststroke? Um, do you do do you focus on a lot of kick in your training, breaststroke kicking? Or I do. Yeah, you do. I do. I actually for breaststroke training, I I rarely do more than a twenty five or a fifty of straight straight breaststroke swimming. Um, I tend to do a lot of breaking things down of kick sets or pull sets separately just to work on those, those individual items. So pull sets have also, also helped quite a bit because that was another, I'm always been, uh, even though my weightlifting first kicking hasn't been as strong, my kick, I'm still a kick dominant breaststroker. So I'm um, trying to get work on that pull has certainly helped over time. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, I know you, you do you swim 50, 100 and 200 breaststroke, or do you mainly stick to the two sprints? Uh, I swim them all. I have a love hate relationship with the 200. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning to appreciate it. There's still a lot of nerves that go along with appreciating it. And especially the long course, 200 yards, 200 yards, you can get away with. Um, yeah. cause it's just short course and it's a 22nd shorter race, but long course, uh, it's I'm, I'm learning to appreciate it. Long course 200s really hurt, don't they? <laughs> they do. And, and if you swim them correctly, they hurt even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what do you love most about master swimming? So you had that first experience um, doing the meet in Austin, as you said, but um, what keeps making you go back for more master's competitions? I'd have to say that people, I mean, it's the personal drive, certainly, the, just to try to get better, but it's the people that make the people that make master swimming, the friends that you meet along the way. Um, my first worlds was 2014 in Montreal and I didn't know anything about worlds. I, I just knew it was a, a drive, only a four hour drive. So I'm like, okay, I'll go for it. Um, met so many great people. I met Casey Flausch from Australia there. That's when I met Casey. So I guess that was seven years ago. And um, Mirko from Toronto and just so many great people that at that meet and then your community slowly builds every time you go to another meet you meet a few more people and a few more people and you know the outside the pool stuff is equally as good as the inside the pool agree yeah it was um <clears throat> i went to montreal as well and it was a that was my first one too um it was such a wonderful atmosphere and there was so many athletes and just a great opportunity to meet people from different parts of the world and um it expands your horizons as well doesn't it well, and it was that was a logistically challenging meet, as you know, yeah. between the between the different pools. A um, little little funny story for that. I so I drove up the morning of the hundred. The hundred breaststroke wasn't until the afternoon, so I drove up the morning a hundred breaststroke. No idea what this meet was. Just assumed it was like a normal masters meet. No idea that there's no idea. So finally got there, figured out all the crazy logistics, swam my event, and. I, I looked at the scoreboard and I had never won a U.S. Nationals or never won anything. Looked at the scoreboard and the, the way it was stacked, it was the winner or the winning time. And then below that was lane zero, then lane one, lane two. And I was in lane one, I think. So I, I just looked second, second spot down. I didn't know the winning time was the first section. So I, I, I saw a time and I looked at it. I'm like, huh, I guess that was a little slower than I thought I'd go. No idea. Wasn't looking around at all. And I was like, okay, I guess it was, it was a good first swim. Nothing too crazy. I walked out around the pool and my buddy's like, 
do you know you just won that? I'm like, no, I had no idea. So the only first, because the first time I ever won a real race like that, I had no idea whatsoever that I'd even won it. I was just totally oblivious. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great story. I love it. <laughs> so you had your blinkers on, which is what we try to do when we're swimming in the lane anyway. And you didn't realize when you touched the wall. No idea. And wow. then, of course, you have one and then you want to chase more. And they're not easy to come by by any means. So uh, that's a, it's a great drive to continue to have. Yeah. And was that in the um, the beautiful main pool in Montreal or in the temporary pool that you got that it week? was it was in the it was in the main pool oh that's good <laughs> it was in the main pool yeah that temporary pool wasn't so good <laughs> no I, luckily I had my off events in the temporary pool and my main events in the in the main pool so oh, that it worked out, out well. on that way <laughs> and how many worlds have you been to all together three so I missed Kazan in 2015 um and then I went to Budapest in 2017 and said, at that point, I'm going to everyone that I, I can possibly go to. It's just, I just enjoy it so much. The competition, it's just another level of competition than you can do just on a domestic meet. Um, and I went to Guangzhou in 2019 as well. Yeah. And um, so out of the three, which one of you enjoyed the most? Uh, Budapest is going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard Just that. with the, the four competition, four pools, the food, the location, it's just, it's a very hard meat to beat. Yeah. And when you go to a meet like that, obviously in Budapest or in Guangzhou, when you're traveling, um, how do you sort of cope with the, the travel and the racing, the recovery, the different food, um, resting in a new sort of environment? So what, what are your tips if someone was going to think about going to the Worlds in Fukuoka next year? Sure. So, Budapest is only a six hour time change for us. So it's really not all that bad. So we, we actually ended up going to Madrid for a few days before to adjust for the time zone and Budapest wasn't that bad. Guangzhou was another, a whole nother situation in general for us. That's on the other side of the world. And I've never been to a, on a flight that long or to Asia. So arrive early and get as much sleep as you can is probably the recommendation. Um, on the food side, that's actually a pretty funny question that you asked that. So despite being a swimmer, um, I have a food allergy that I'm definitely allergic to fish and shellfish, which puts Korea and Japan on places where I basically have to go to a grocery store and get food. There's very little chance I can even go to any sort of restaurant. So it makes it makes it very challenging on the Asian trips. Um, Budapest, not as much. That was fine. But uh, for Asia, it makes it a little challenge, more challenging. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, you have to be very careful, obviously, of anything that you, you buy in those situations. Yeah. And how do, you find the, how do you find the warm-up pool at Worlds? For those who haven't been, it's a pretty crazy situation, isn't it? Particularly in Montreal, I found it. <laughs> Montreal? Have you ever been to any other Worlds other than Montreal? That was my first and only one, but planning on next okay. year. Yeah. Okay. So, Montreal, or I mean, sorry, Montreal was crazy. Um, Budapest was just fine because they had pools everywhere. So they, if they had two competition pools, there is a, a, a 10 lane, 25 meter pool with another one outside. They had pools everywhere. So I didn't find it too bad at um, Budapest or Guangzhou, actually. Guangzhou, right in the same complex, they held the meet in one 50 meter pool and they had a 50 meter warm up, warm down pool. And um, it was crowded, but not not anything that was 
nearly like Montreal. So I'm hoping that's the case for uh, Fukuoka as well. So yeah. Montreal was hopefully an anomaly on the, <laughs> on the warm-up situation. Let's hope so. And what kind of um, race warm-up do you do when you get to the pool ready to race? Sure. So for most days, I actually do a, a similar warm-up during my practice and i try to keep that the same for meet days so i'll do a, a 200 swim 100 kick and then 200 im just to get my muscles moving in in different directions then another or 100 kick sorry 200 free 100 kick 200 im 100 kick and then a, a, a 200 pull or some other you know technical type item that's a little bit different and then 100 kick when i say 100 kick um being a breaststroker it's really just to warm up the legs warm up uh, groin, so you don't pull any muscles. I tend to do breaststroke kick on my back as a as warm up kick more than more than hands out in front or with a board. So um, that's just the way I, I like to warm up my legs for a breaststroke swim. And any sprint dives or um, starts, anything like that in your yeah. After I after I get warmed up, if I'm doing a hundred, I'll do some twenty five paces just to kind of see where I'm at. So a twenty five hard, and then maybe a twenty five easy just to see what where I'm at, or if it's a 200, I'll do some 50 paces. Uh, then a couple dives off the block just to get used to it since we don't have any at the pool that we're at. And then uh, see if I remember to still how to do it. Yeah. And then ready to race and uh, put, put the suit on. And how um, long would you typically warm up before your race? So I'll, I'll do the main warm up. So if there's a main warm up time, I'll swim for half an hour of that main warm up time. Um, play around a little bit, maybe get a thousand to 1500 meters in nothing, nothing too extravagant. So a lot of that's just really easy swimming. Um, I'll put a suit on and then maybe 30, 45 minutes before my race, I'll hop in for about 10 minutes, do a couple more, uh, with the suit on, do a couple more sprint 25s or sprint fifties, just to get a feel for body position with a tech suit on, um, then dry off and get behind the box. Yeah. Fantastic. And what's your mindset walking out before a big race? What do you think? I'm getting better with that. So yeah. that's always been a little bit of a nemesis for me is uh, just being in being in the right headspace for races. 50s are easy. They don't hurt. Hundreds don't really hurt. But the 200 headspace is a little bit more challenging. So um, really just trying to get my headspace right work on if it's short course know what my stroke counts are for each lap if it's long course really have my tempo nailed down because stroke counts are a little harder in long course than they are in short course um and just focus on two or three things like that and then try to try to finish to the wall yeah are you are you good um good at your underwater pool uh, or your breakout your breaststroke breakout i'm i'm working on it that the, the strength training has certainly helped on that but I, I'm much better in the second 25 of, I'm much better long course swimmer than a, than a short course swimmer. Okay. So I'm working on that, but I tend to accelerate on the, the second half of a lap as opposed to uh, the, I'm, I'm playing catch up on the pullout and underwater portion. Yeah. And I, I mean, with um, Adam Peaty, you would have obviously watched him at the Olympics as well. And his breaststroke technique is really different from everyone else's and, and moved the stroke forward. Is yours sort of more aligned with the way he's swimming or do you have a more traditional breaststroke technique? Uh, a little bit of both. I, you know, just like everybody else, I'm, I'm watching what he's doing and saying, okay, what can I do to, or what can I manipulate or manipulate my stroke to look like, like his um, really racing at 
at tempos and being able to hold water at, at the tempos that he can hold. So he's holding water at 60 to 65 strokes a minute when he's coming home at the end of a race and holding water at that, at tempo is very, very, very challenging. So really just working on tempo work where you're not slipping is, is incredibly important. And the other things come with that. Your, your hand speed comes with that. Your foot speed comes with that because you have to, to be able to hold water at those tempos. So I'm not anywhere near that, but you know, you try. I know. Well, it's it's good to have something to aim for, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about your best race you've ever put together. Best race. Yeah. I, I, that's a great question. So I would say it's this summer. So I'm, I'm, I'll be 39 in December. So fortunately I get to age up for 40 to 44 next year, but I I'm at a weird spot where this, the strength training has really paid off for, so for long course, long course breaststroke, I was a one Oh seven in college. And then I was a 105.9 in Montreal in 2014. So I was faster, faster than then. Um, and then I kind of stayed around that 105 mark. And then this summer I had had a swim out this summer in July, August, I was 104.6. And then at nationals this year, I was 104.2. So I'm swimming at a, the strength training has certainly helped and swimming at a different level than I, I was in college. So I would have to say, you know, the swims that I had this summer are, are getting close. I, I, I didn't think I'd ever be that fast. So it's really reevaluating what, uh, what goals and what's, what's possible at a later age. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the U S long course nationals. Cause you had some success there. So what races um, were you in and how did you go? Sure. So I, I swam the first event. I actually swam, I swam the 50 free breaststroke just to kind of get out, get out there and have a good uh, breaststroke swim. I know the place wasn't going to be great, but I wanted to have a 50 breaststroke under my, under my belt before the, before the real meet started. Um, then I swam the hundred breaststroke, the 200 breaststroke, the 50 breaststroke, the 50 butterfly and the 200 IM. Okay. And results. Uh, so I, I was able to, unfortunately uh, able to win all of those for my, for my age group. And a couple of the times were the fastest at the meet for, uh, certain events as well. Well done. Fantastic. So thank you. Yeah. And how far outside the world record are you for your age group? I, I'm getting close. So I, again, I didn't think that was even in, even in the ballpark The the 35 to 39 records are quite challenging and the 40 to 44 are potentially doable. So that's been my, the goal that I set almost a year ago now. And, uh, about halfway, halfway through that until worlds this next past summer. So, um, both a 50 and hundred long course and short course, there's an outside chance. Yes. So that's, that's what I'm shooting for. And that's kind of the motivation that I have for, for the upcoming year. Yeah. And in the U S obviously you swim the yards as well. Do you have, um, U S records for, um, short course yards? There are, and there's some actual, there's actually another guy that just turned 40, James Spike. Um, and he's doing some amazing, amazing things in, in especially yards and short course. So, um, by no means are any of those, some of those records may go down before I even get there. If you seem to master short course meters meet. So, um, there's lots of competition out there. Rio is that you had on the podcast before, uh, He's got a home competition coming up in June of next year, and uh, we're going to both be in the same age group. So that one alone is going to be 
a, a very fun race between the between the two of us. He'll certainly have home pool advantage. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fast swimmers in every age group across the board. Yes, yeah, I'll look forward to watching that race then because I know he's pumped, and you sound like you are too. <laughs> I am. I am. It'll it'll be fun. It's just again, you just meet new people, enjoy the races, do your best, and uh, you know that's what life's about. Yeah. And on the on the US Masters scene, you have the US long course nationals each year, and then you have a second one, the short course nationals. Are they in different locations or yeah? So they're they're different locations. Usually short course nationals is which is yards, is in end of April timeframe. Right. So it's usually end of April every year, and long course nationals is usually the beginning of August every year. Because of COVID, they pushed those back. So they were a little later this year. Um, so instead of having an April meet for short course, we had a July meet for short course. Right. And do you ever swim any open water over the um, the summer months? I do. So we have a, a couple lakes, reservoirs around our area that, that we swim in. So I get roped into swimming a little bit of open water. It's it's not my favorite, but I do do it. And uh, it's nice more than anything to be outside because we don't have a lot of outside pools where we're we're located. So swimming inside is not nearly the same thing as swimming outside. So I have done a couple 10 K open water swims, which were challenging for a sprinter, but I, I have them under my belt. So it was uh, not very fast, but it was fun. Yeah. And are these wetsuit swims that you do in the lake or just bathers? Um, in the summer, we don't need a wetsuit. So the water temperature will be, uh, okay. I got to think Celsius. So it's, it'll be low seven, low to mid seventies, which is probably 20 to lower, lower twenties, yeah, somewhere so around there. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, it's just nice in the summer, um, in the springtime, fall time, it'll get down to that 15 range, which it's definitely need a, a wetsuit for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Now I always like to ask everyone that comes on what their favorite set is, your favorite swimming set of all time. Favorite swimming set of all time. Yes. I I like to work on technique and stroke count. So this yeah. may be more recent, but I still think it's up there on this one. It's it's not necessarily hard, but it's really I'll I'll do a set of let's just say um 16, 16 or 20, 25s. Okay. And the odds are going to be nice and easy float down on 30. Not, nothing really hard on the timeline, but the odds are nice and easy float down, and then the evens are all out breaststroke, but at a certain stroke count. So I'll start three strokes and then four strokes and then five strokes and build up to race pace. Um, and then I know exactly what times I'm supposed to go on the clock. So am I hitting the the times that I need to be or am I, or am I not? So that's more of a, a race prep set. A non-race prep set I, I really do enjoy is 2050s. It's kind of a test for fitness of where I'm at. So it's 2050s on 40. Again, it's yards. Yeah. So add a little bit, it'd be about 43, 45 for meters. So 2050 is on 40 and it would be four freestyle, one breaststroke, three freestyle, two breaststroke, two freestyle, three breaststroke, one freestyle, four breaststroke. So seven of the last eight of them are breaststroke on 40, which is a, you're touching on, I'm touching on 37s and, and yeah. huffing and puffing and yeah. turn in very, very shortly. So it's, it's a good fitness test. Um, just a, a thousand straight of, you know, the, the freestyle gives you recovery, but not that much. Yeah. 
That's a great set. Yeah. We actually, my little group, we did something similar in the pool yesterday with 100s freestyle. And we did, um, we did mean grit to four, but one easy, oh, sorry, three easy, one fast, one easy, one fast, one easy, one fast, and then one easy, three fast, and then four fast. So really seven fast. I know. It was a tough set, especially back yeah. in a wonderful long week. But it's a good set and a good place to see where you're at. Um, and adding adding the the fast at the end, like you said, is always much harder than adding the fast at the beginning. <laughs> Very tough. Yeah, absolutely. Just back to your when you were talking about stroke counts. Do you ever use any of those little tempo trainers? Or I do. I do. I have, I have one of those and we used it quite a bit in college. If I'm, if I'm training long course, we have a couple of long course outdoor pools here for the summer. If I'm training long course, I use it much more frequently just because long course is much harder for me to get on the right tempo or understand where that tempo is. Um, in a yards pool, I know, or short course pool in general, I know what my stroke counts should be for a given time. Um, so if I'm, eight strokes in a 25 yard pool, that means I'm, I'm at the tempo that I need to be because otherwise I just would never, I would never get that many strokes in before I hit the wall. So yards, I can kind of do it on stroke count. Uh, long course certainly need that, need that tempo trainer. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really good. I've tried them once or twice before, but I, I must say I, I sort of gave up after a while. It's quite a complicated little <laughs> device. I found it really hard to work with. Yeah. Once you, once you figure it out, it's not too bad, but uh, it, it is it is certainly challenging, but also for kick sets, it's a great thing for breaststroke kick sets because you know kicks usually a social kick and you're enjoying the time. And but having something that beeps at you and tells you exactly when you need to kick and kind of forces that tempo up to more of a race race type tempos, I found is very helpful. Yeah. Did you do you use it for freestyle as well, or just when you're doing breaststroke? Really, only I've never really used it for freestyle. Freestyle is probably my worst stroke. Um, I, it's more just the recovery stroke. That's the, the worst part of my, I am, it's just try to make it and hold on after you hit the, finish the breaststroke wall, usually have a good breaststroke leg, you pull ahead everybody, and then you just watch them go by you on, on freestyle. But, uh, I do my best. <laughs> oh, that's not my experience. I think people that are good at breaststroke often win the medley. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there's always a lot of fast freestylers out there too. So yeah, there is definitely. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for talking to us today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and hear about your swimming journey. And I'm sure everyone listening will um, take a lot away from everything you've talked about today. Great. Daniel, thank you for having me so much. This has been, this has been a blast. And uh, please keep doing these podcasts. It's really, really enjoy listening to master swimmers around the world and what they're doing to, to get faster and enjoy the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, take care then. All right, take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening into the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to bringing you some great guests over this season. We love hearing from you. So please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or directly onto our Facebook page at Torpedo Swim Talk Podcast. Tell us what you like. Tell us who you would like to hear. We love hearing all your feedback. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Till next week, happy swimming and bye for now.